the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Church of the Redeemer in Gatorsburg, Maryland. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. It's important to actually get into the Bible and see that there is a way that we can pray and then uh, as we pray that way, there's confidence that comes to us. And Jesus mm-hmm. gave us a model prayer. Uh, his disciples came to him one day and asked the question, Lord, teach us to pray. John, the Baptist disciples, teach them how to pray. Would you teach us to pray? And Jesus said, pray like this or pray this way. Uh, and in fact, Jesus then gave us what's called the model prayer or the Lord's prayer. And he said, pray our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I think most people probably can recite yeah. that or they've learned it at yeah. some point in time. But what, what we, we, we fail to realize is that that was actually a lesson on prayer. Jesus was asked the question, teach us to pray. Mm. And he said, pray like this. Our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be your name. That is, start with a sense of acknowledgement of who God is. Focus your attention on who God is. And then to pray that his kingdom would come, getting in the will of God, pray for the needs in our life. And then as we're talking about today, learning how to then turn the attention in our prayer uh, to our relationships. That's great. So as it, as it pertains to this specific verse on prayer and relationships, that, that section of the verse talks about um, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have sinned against us, right? And so there's two dimensions to that, our relationship with God yes. and then our relationships with other people. Can you talk a little bit about the value of that, um, that, that portion of the dimension from us to God? Can yeah, forgive absolutely. us of our debts? Yeah, what I'd like to help all of us to understand is that really, I want us to really be practical when we talk about this prayer thing because, again, Jesus gave us a model prayer. He said, pray this way. And he said, make sure that in your prayer, you're, you're allowing time in your prayer for what I would call reflection or contemplation or uh, self-examination. Uh, that's that part of the prayer where he says, forgive us our debts. Okay. What that means is this. In your prayer time, and, and I like to think of it this way, when I pray, I pray, I spend some time if I, when I'm following this model, just taking time to praise and honor God as my Father and to worship Him and to acknowledge Him and then to invite His kingdom to come, His will to be done in my life, to begin to lay out my requests before Him. And then to say, God, I want to take some time in my prayer to let you talk to me about my relationship with you. Right. Okay. We need to have some time of reflection in our prayers where we're saying, God, would you help me to see some things in my own life that I need to see about me where I have sinned against you, where I, ha- where I owe you a debt. Now, when we say, owe oh God a debt, that means that we actually have done something that hurts him. We've done something that is opposite of who he would want us to be. 
You can't pray for forgiveness if you yeah. don't have any identity or awareness of what you need to pray for. Yeah, that's so that's, that's the key part of that. Initial part of that is reflection. So this is a, a daily thing. I mean, when you think about uh, areas where we are unpleasing to God in our actions, our behaviors, our thoughts, this is a daily thing, right? Absolutely. It's not a day that goes by that I haven't said something I shouldn't say, thought something I should not have thought, uh, done something I shouldn't have done in some yeah. way. Maybe uh, it may at times be big things at times in people's lives or smaller things, but God cares about all those things or fail to do something that I really should have done. And so that's really what a sin is. A sin, the word for sin in the Bible is a word that represents the missing of the mark. Okay, yeah. It was yeah. used as an archer would shoot at a bullseye. And when the archer missed the bullseye, it missed the mark. And that was called sin. Mm-hmm. Okay, But we need to recheck every day with where we are with God and because, because sin is something that happens to us every day. That's great. So how important, Pastor Dale, is it for us to recognize those areas of sin in our life? When we hold on to sin in our life, we don't see it, we don't acknowledge it. What happens is sin always hardens you. Sin makes you harder as a person. It doesn't soften you. It hardens you. And so when you're not acknowledging sin, it's actually creating sort of a a, a concrete heart, if you will, a hardness, a stony heart. It's making you harder on the inside. Also, sin deceives you. What sin does is that sin makes you think that you're better than you really are, Mm. and it causes you to push off your responsibility for the things you've done wrong onto somebody else Mm. or to totally ignore it. In other words, it's a lot easier for me to say you did something wrong than it is for me to say I did something wrong. And so sin is always going to push me to say, no, you did something wrong. But reflection allows me to say, what did, what did wow. I do in my own life? And then uh, here's the key thing. Yeah. Sin always distances you from God. Wow. Just like in any relationship, uh, if you have something that breaks the relationship, it p- creates a distance. Yeah. That's why it's such a dangerous thing. And that's why we need to be aware of the cancer, the poison, the toxicity of sin. Because if we're not, uh, again, it's going to harden, deceive us, and it's going to distance us. And so that's why you need every, every day on a consistent basis. That's why Jesus said, pray this way. Forgive us our debts, our trespasses, yeah. as we forgive those who trespass against us. But God, help me to see what I need to see in my life. That's great. So what does that look like, in, uh, practically speaking, in your prayer time? There's several elements. That, there's a process to that, yes. uh, acknowledging that sin in your own life. And what, what does that cause? What does that process look like? In yeah, it's, what it is for me. I can only talk about me, and I'm glad we're in this interview setting because it makes it really, really practical. It's that time when I kneel down on my knees usually. I'm not always doing that. Sometimes I'm sitting in my chair with my, yeah. with my, 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 my paper out, my, my pen and paper out. It can be a variety of settings. I can be walking and praying. But it's that moment when I say, God, I just want to quiet myself before you just for a moment here and reflect either upon a scripture that I've read that day or scriptures that I know or just simply being quiet in God's presence. Say, God, would you make me aware? I'm just going to quiet myself just for a few moments here. Lord, is there anything that you want to speak to me about in my life that I need to get right with you? And it's, again, listening to that inner voice of the Holy Spirit But is there anything sincerely that you want to convict me of? Here's the key. You know you're being convicted of something when there's that little sting on the inside that says, oh, that was wrong. But it doesn't leave you with a sense of hopelessness. It leaves you with a sense of, I want to make this right and and turn things around. I think part of it, Steve, is learning to to listen Mm. and to develop that capacity to let the Holy Spirit sort of 
check you out on the inside and do wow. a checkup on the inside. And, and it's, not, it's not always an easy thing. I'm not perfect at it. But it's taking, actually taking a specific period of time in your prayer yeah. where you're giving some time That's to great. that. That's great. Yeah, because I've recognized that in, in prayer, the Holy Spirit will highlight things that uh, are unique in that moment that you may uh, avoid or ignore at other times. And exactly. so the Holy Spirit, he convicts, right? And then there's the confession part. And then there's the repentance, right? So exactly. And that's what it should lead to. You know, God is not in the business of just making you feel guilty. Right. Okay? I think uh, we're pretty good at that with people. <laughs> we like to yeah. make people feel guilty and leave them no way out. But God doesn't do that. God, when he gives you guilt, okay, yeah. uh, allows you to feel guilty about something. It's not for the purpose of condemning you, okay? Right. It's for the purpose of good. causing us to do something productive about it. Right. And what we do productive about it is, first of all, we need to be sorry for it, okay? Mm-hmm. That's repentance, okay? Mm-hmm. The Bible says that godly sorrow is a good thing, yeah. okay? That, oh, you know, anytime you do something that's wrong and you, you really recognize it, there's that moment of like, oh, wow, I'm sorry for that, right. okay? And that's what conviction needs to lead us to. I'm sorry for what, you know, I said that. I should never have said that. I should not have said that that way, or I shouldn't have done that. There's this moment of sorrow. And then that godly sorrow in you produces a sense of, I don't want to do that again, okay? I want to learn from this. It's called repentance. Repentance, the Greek word is metanoia. It means the turning around, the changing of your direction. And I confess that sin to you. But what we're talking about here is a process that reflection, conviction leads you to in your prayer time. That's great. So what is the result of that happening in our life when we acknowledge that? We confess that to God, right? What is the result of, of experiencing? Because then um, you experience God's forgiveness. What is the result of that? To experience the beauty of God's forgiveness, you have to, there has to be the confession, okay? Forgive us our debts. That's a specific prayer, right? Yeah. Okay? It wasn't like there's a specific statement there where Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this, forgive us. There's a moment when you actually acknowledge to God what you've done wrong. That's called confession, okay? Now, this is important because forgiveness comes from God, okay? The Bible says of Jesus, he is the high priest of our confession. He's the one that we confess our sins to, okay? And the word confession, Steve, is a very interesting word that Mm. Jesus uses, the New Testament uses for confessing our sins, and the actual Greek word is, and I'll give you the Greek word, is homologeo. Mm. It's a compound word, homo same logeo word, the same word, speak the same thing as. In other words, wow. that when I'm in prayer and God convicts me of a sin and I see it, oh, you know what? I spoke harshly to Steve today. I should not have said that in the way that I said that. Uh, let's say, for example, as an illustration, God, now I confess, I say the same thing to you about this that you have just said to me. I agree with you, God, that's yeah. wrong, okay? And that's all confession is. It's that's agreeing great. with God that it's wrong. It's agreeing with God that you're right, God, and I'm wrong, and yeah. I agree with you, and I missed the mark here. And so, homo logeo, saying great. the same thing about your sin that God says about it. And in that moment, yep. then that's the point that can lead you now to exactly what you need to experience right. And that is forgiveness. That's great. So God releases his grace 
And then the next, um, the third part of that is the repentance. Can you please talk about repentance? Yeah, well, repentance is means once you, once you get up from your prayer, okay, yeah. uh, you don't want to go back and do the same thing right, again, okay? Right. You have the intention of saying, okay, I prayed this way, I confess this. Now, God, would you also help me now, God, to not walk back into that pathway again to have learned something from it? But let me add this as well. I think it's extremely important uh, that we, when we are confessing our sins, that once we've confessed that sin to God, and honestly and sincerely owned up to it before yeah. God that we receive his forgiveness. That's great. Okay? If you don't receive his forgiveness, then you're going to continue to live in the guilt of that great. and the shame of that. And what I've learned in my own life is this, and I've watched other people as well. When you continue to live in the guilt and shame of something, you'll have the tendency to continue to repeat that same thing. Because wow. shame holds wow. you bondage wow. and bondage and captive. Wow. And God never intended for you to live in guilt or shame. That if you've confessed a sin to him... Great. Uh, you have to understand that God's forgiving. I'm so grateful for a loving, forgiving yeah. God that yeah. when I own up to something in my life that's been wrong and yeah. I say, God, now I ask you to forgive me of the debt I owe you. Yeah. I agree with you. This was wrong. Yeah. Forgive me. In that moment, the Bible says, if we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9, yeah. he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and notice this, to cleanse Good. us from all unrighteousness. That's Notice what the scripture says. If we confess our sins, yeah, he's, he's faithful, faithful and just yes. to forgive us of our, our sins and to cleanse, cleanse us yeah. from all unrighteousness. Not a part of the unrighteousness, but all unrighteousness. That's, great. That's what the blood of Jesus That's does great. for us. That's the power of his blood. And so I just want to take a moment and speak to everyone to know that if you mess up, okay, if you miss the mark with God, you go to him in confession, yeah. you need to accept his forgiveness and then also forgive yourself. Because I've noticed as well that sometimes even after we have acknowledged our sin to God and received his forgiveness, we keep beating ourselves up and telling ourselves how horrible we are. Don't live that way. Don't let shame and condemnation get you in its grip because it will also hinder yeah, your relationship so with great. God. So, so receive forgiveness. It's that's, promised to you. That's great. And that's where our faith and that comes into play, right? Not your feeling. You may right. not feel forgiven. Right. No matter what I feel, I claim it. Yeah. That's what God's Word says. Yeah. It's mine. It's real. Now I am forgiven. I'm not going to live in the guilt of this any longer. I'm going to rise yeah. up out of my shame, and I'm going to go forward yeah. because God has washed away my sin. He's, he's taken it as far as the east is from great. the west. He's thrown it into the sea of forgetfulness. Yeah. And so now I have the assurance That's that great. I am forgiven. I have a renewed relationship with God. That's great. And I got to ask this because I think at some point we've all thought this. Um, is there sin in our life that just God will not forgive? You know, I think sometimes we feel the weight of the sin, the amount of sin uh, that's, that's in our life, that's been in our past. Um, can, you, can you explain and expand a little bit on God's grace and our past sin? Yes. Uh, there's a couple aspects of that. One is, uh, you know, people get worried about committing the unpardonable sin, yeah. okay? the sin that cannot be forgiven. Uh, there's only one sin that can't be forgiven, Steve. The one sin that can't be forgiven is our failure to receive Jesus as our Savior. That's the wow. only sin that can't be forgiven because that's unbelief. That's refusing great. to accept Jesus as Lord of your life. No other sin that you've ever committed is beyond the scope of God's that's grace. Great. 
There's not a single sin that God cannot forgive, with the exception of you refusing to accept the yeah. one pathway to forgiveness. That's mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. And so uh, you don't need to live in fear of the unpardonable right. sin, but realize that whatever your sin has been, if you bring it to God, he will, he can, and will forgive it. Great stuff, Pastor. That's awesome. So we've talked about experiencing God's forgiveness in our own life. How does that translate once we've received uh, God's forgiveness in our own life? How does that translate into our relationships then? Yeah. Well, Jesus said, pray like this. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We might say it this way. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. Here's mm -hmm. the key. If I've knelt down in prayer or gotten with God in prayer and I've confessed my sins to him and yep. he's forgiven me, and then you've done something against me and I say, okay, God, you forgave me, but I'm not going to forgive Steve. Because, you know, Steve really hurt my feelings, yeah, okay? Right. So, God, thank you for your forgiveness, wow. but you know what? Uh, you know, I'm not going to do the same thing to my, my brother over here because, you know what? He really hurt me. What happens there is a disconnect in us. Sure. I mean, my goodness, we don't even recognize how much we have hurt the heart of right. God and how much grace he's extended to us. And so what Jesus is teaching us there is he's teaching us you can't have it one way only, okay? Yeah. If you're going to receive grace from God, you've got to then be a channel of grace to other people yeah. around you because if you don't do that, then you're actually not understanding yeah. the very grace that God has given That's to you. Great. So we can extend that grace to other people because we've experienced it. Now, at some point, we feel like someone's done something to us. We've been offended by someone, and we kind of can feel like they owe us, you yes. know, that you owe me because of what you've done to me or how you treated me. And what, what are some things that cause us to feel that people owe us? Well, I mean, people do bad things to people yeah. all the time. It's, it's a shame. It's sad, but it's a broken humanity that we, uh, or in a broken world that we live in. And so because of broken humanity and a broken world that we live in, people hurt people yeah. and hurt people hurt people. Okay. Think about this on the mm -hmm. God side of things for a moment. What wow. if God treated us that wow. way? Okay. What if God treated us in the way that every time we hurt him, he made us pay for it? Mm-hmm. That's the image a lot of people actually have of God, yeah. that he's kind of beating us down. He's going to get you because you did something against right. him. Right. That's not the nature of God. Right. God, even, even on the cross, Jesus said while he's being crucified, his hands are being uh, pierced with nails, his feet pierced with his side pierced with, 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 with a spear. And he says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And so there on the cross, there was this forgiveness extended to others. Now, for us, we have to realize, yeah, we're going to get hurt. Now, when you forgive someone, it doesn't mean that you excuse what they did. It doesn't mean that you... But forgiveness steps above yeah. that, okay? Yep. Forgiveness says it wasn't okay. However, yeah, I'm going great. to forgive anyway because I want... I want to extend grace in the same way God has extended to me. And this is a key part uh, of the process because forgiveness is really not for the other person. Great. Forgiveness is for you. It's That's for good. what happens in your own soul. That's great because we think sometimes if um, by holding on to something that we're actually hurting them, 
but we're actually, in fact, hurting ourselves. Absolutely. You, you actually, in reality, you never really uh, hurt the other person by your unforgiveness. Uh, you, you may damage the relationship. Yeah. But, you know, some people say, well, revenge is sweet. No, revenge yeah. isn't sweet. Yeah. Revenge is bitter, bitter okay? Yeah. Revenge is a, is a terrible way to live your life. Yeah. And so you have to come to the point of making the choice to say, if God has forgiven me, I am now going to release forgiveness to others. Interesting story here uh, for all of us to remember where one day Peter asked Jesus the question, how many times Mm. should I forgive my brother? How many times do I have to do this, Jesus? And Jesus said that you're to forgive 70 times 7. And that was not meaning, you know, 490. It 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 meant... Uh, the, the the concept of 70 times 70 was it was a concept in, in the language that represented continually an ongoing process. And Jesus gave a parable. He said there was this guy that, that owed a master yeah. piles of money, okay, I mean, millions of dollars in today's economy. And he couldn't pay it. And so he's in, the, he's in danger of being thrown into the, into the debtor's prison because he couldn't pay. And he goes and he appeals to the master and says, I can't pay you. And the master forgives him. And then this same guy goes out and finds another guy who owes him the equivalent of $20 and grabs him by the neck and says, I'm going to make you pay everything you owe me. And Jesus draws the paradox, the distinction, the irony between how we can receive such great forgiveness and, never, yeah, and, 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 and then not extend it to yeah. other people. Yeah. And so, it, again, it's a choice that you make to say, I have received the grace of God in my life. Now, because of that, I'm going to forgive you and you and you, not because you deserve it. Right. I didn't deserve God's grace, although there is benefit for the other That's person. That's great. You, you talked about before um, in the past, you've talked about having an offenseless heart. Mm-hmm. Can you expand on that a little bit? Because I, yeah, I think I think part of what happens over time as you grow in your relationship with God is you, you're, you're moving toward the place to where... Uh, you just don't you, you just don't let things offend you anymore. Okay, yeah. you get to the point in your life where you say, you know, what? it's not worth yeah. getting uh, angry about this. It's not worth getting resentful about this yeah. because, and that's kind of I like to call it sort of the Teflon spirit. You know, we we have Teflon cookware that things don't stick to. Well, in the same way, when you begin to live a grace-filled life, and then when people do something to you, it just doesn't stick. It doesn't. You, you don't carry that offense That's around great. with you. You know, some people, man, you just you just bump them the wrong way, and they're all you yeah. know. That we talk about carrying a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. And let me tell you, if you're that way, get over it. You need to get beyond that in your life. That's not a good yeah. way to live. Yeah. You don't want to live so you're always offended at somebody. Who yeah. wants to be mad at people yeah. all the time? Okay. Right. Why do you want to be mad at people yeah. all the time? Okay. Right. Yeah. But life is too short. Okay. Yeah. Life's way too That's short good. to go around being mad at people all the time. Yeah. Get get over it. Okay. Grow up and realize, you know what? Uh, yeah, people are going to hurt me along the way, but I'm going to extend to them the grace that God has extended to me. That's great. What, so what is the result of having that kind of a spirit? What is the result of being able to have that kind of forgiveness in our relationships with our family, with our friends? We're going to get offended. We're human. We're going to experience that. But what is the result of us carrying this kind of forgiveness that we just release quickly? What is the result of that in our relationships? Well, first of all, like in your family relationships, your closest relationships, there, there's the capacity then to have peace and harmony, okay? Yeah. If you've got two people that are in a, in a relationship and they're both mad at each other and bitter toward one another and resentful toward one another, I mean, that's not going to be a real happy place to live, is yeah, it? Okay? Right. If you've got even in, in, a, in a situation where one person is living that way toward the other person, it's going to create a dynamic in the relationship that is painful and, and, and challenging. So the first benefit is you're able to actually experience peace with the other person. 
and sometimes reconciliation, not, not always. Uh, sometimes uh, not all uh, forgiveness leads to reconciliation, but it provides the potential for reconciliation right. between two parties. If there's something between us and yeah. I forgive you, then yeah. great chance that you and I can be friends again, yeah. okay? Yeah. Because I've removed that barrier yeah. there, okay? Paul talked about that in Philippians chapter 4 about two women in the church in Philippi that had odds at one another. And yeah. Peter speaks to the pastor and says, encourage these ladies to work this thing out so that they can now work together. That's a true in, in the church. You get mad at somebody in the church and, and, and then you avoid them, okay? You, right. you sit on this yes, side of the right. church and they yeah. sit over there because you're mad yeah. at them. Yeah. Well, whenever you, whenever you mend the relationship, yeah. then, then unity can happen That's and great. strength and power can restore, be restored to ministries and to people's lives and personalities. That's fantastic. Pastor Dale, any uh, closing thoughts as we talk about experiencing God's forgiveness and then extending uh, that forgiveness that we've experienced to others? Yeah, I just want to say that, that Jesus taught us to pray because prayer times are essential to your health, Steve, okay? Jesus didn't say pray because I want you to do a religious exercise and you've got to do this every day so you'll, so you'll, you'll be a good Christian. Yeah. No, no, prayer is not about, quote, being a good, good Christian, okay? Good. Prayer is healthy for you, Great. okay? Prayer is good for us because it generates health in our soul, and it's healthy for us to be able to bow down or sit down in prayer and, and reflect on things that need to be changed in our own life that we need to make right with God. That's healthy for us, yep. okay? And prayer is healthy for us when we think about who do I need to forgive? Who am I holding on to something toward uh, that I need to let go of? And so in a very practical way, yeah. prayer is not a duty that you do. Yeah. It is an exercise that creates health inside yeah, of you. It's a that. healthy process for your life. I, and I think if we change our perspective of prayer and change it from, oh, it's something I've got to do because yeah. you know what? I'm not a good Christian if I don't. And then realize, nope, it's not about that. What it's about, it's about me being healthy and being the best person that I can be. Prayer, uh, that perspective of ch- prayer changes everything. Fantastic. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Jesus plus nothing, 100% natural. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.